The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. He puts a bed in there. If you are paying fees for your children, he makes sure that there's no money coming through. He makes sure there's no money coming through. And once he does that, what he's done is he's, he's put a burden on your shoulder. And another thing a burden does, which the enemy puts on the shoulders of many Christians, is to slow them. A burden slows you. It slows you down. It slows you down. So let's say in one area, all your friends are going at a fast pace. But in that area of your life, you are slowed down. Subject. And this subject, I only teach it once a year when I'm ready. Uh, Because it's not a subject that you can just get up and and preach or, or teach on. Amen. So in this month of November, um, in our weekday services, we'll be looking at the anointing. Amen? Amen. Oh, you're not excited? We'll be looking at the anointing because without the anointing, we can do nothing. Amen? All right, so turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. The book of Isaiah chapter 10. Verse 27. There is a shh in the background. There's something on the keyboard. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Are you there? I read. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day, that his anointing shall be taken away off thy shoulder and his yoke off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I read it again. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Now, we're looking at uh, the subject that I've titled, Anointed to Overtake. Anointed to Overtake. How many of you want to overtake? So, God is going to anoint you to overtake. The anointing is so important. Reason being, it is the winning edge for us as Christians. That's why even Jesus, his last name is called Christ. 
the word Christ is not Jesus' surname or Jesus' last name. The word Christ simply means the anointed one and his anointing. So that means without the anointing, we can do nothing. That's why the Bible says that and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulder. Now, one of the things that the devil does is to put a burden on you. Now, notice where the devil puts the burden on your shoulder. The shoulder represents a place of responsibility. The shoulder is a place of what? Responsibility. Remember when uh, Rebecca was was uh, going to be fetched by Eliezer, the servant in the house of Abraham. And the Bible says that when Eliezer saw Rebecca, she had a pitch of water on her shoulder. That means number one thing that Abraham wanted Eliezer to look for in the woman for his son is a woman that is responsible. So the shoulder is a place of responsibility. That's why when you read the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the Bible says that this is talking about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, For unto us is a child born, unto us is a son given. And he says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Did you get that? The government, the responsibility shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now I want you to notice that the Bible never said that unto us a child is born and the government shall rest upon the shoulder of the child. Notice at what point it says the government shall rest upon his shoulder when he becomes a son. So he grows from a child, which is irresponsibility, to a son, responsibility. Are you getting that? So... Even Jesus was only given the responsibility of carrying the government upon his shoulder when he became a son. In other words, when he became matured. So one of the key things the enemy does is when he wants to limit you, he places a burden in your area of responsibility. He puts a burden in the area of your responsibility. That's why Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, it says, and, the, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away of thy shoulder. That's what the anointing does. The anointing removes the burden upon your shoulder. 
The enemy puts the burden on your shoulder. Now remember what did I say? The shoulder is your place of responsibility. Your shoulder is your place of responsibility. So for instance, there's something you are believing God to do. Let's say you want to build a house. Or let's say you want to buy a house. Once the enemy notices that that is an area of responsibility, guess what he does? He places a burden in that area. So what will he do? He'll put a flow to the flow. He'll put a stop to the flow of finances into your life. Are you following what I'm saying? And once he puts a stop to the flow, it affects your responsibility. So that's what the devil does. He places a shoulder upon, he places uh, uh, a burden upon your area of responsibility. So it could be in a relationship. It could be taking your children to school. He puts a bed in there. If you are paying fees for your children, he makes sure that there's no money coming through. He makes sure there's no money coming through. And once he does that, what he's done is he's, he's put a burden on your shoulder. And another thing a burden does, which the enemy puts on the shoulders of many Christians, is to slow them. A burden slows you. It slows you down. It slows you down. So let's say in one area, all your friends are going at a fast pace. But in that area of your life, you are slowed down. And one of the things you have to learn to do is once you notice the area where the enemy is slowing you down, what you have to do is operate like the aeroplane. Before the plane breaks the sound barrier, it goes at the highest speed. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you notice that there is a burden in an area of your life, let's say in your Christian life, if something is slowing you down, you need to identify those things and deal with them. And deal with them. Other than that, once he places a burden on that area of your life, what he's trying to do is to slow you down. Is to slow you down. That's what a burden does. And sometimes these burdens have slowed a lot of people down. It has slowed families down. You, you get up in the year, you have a dream to do something, to achieve something. And then all of a sudden, you're slowed down. The moment you see the slow down, it's a sign most of the time that there is a demonic operation in that area. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to notice that there is a demonic operation. And once there is a demonic operation, that now what you have to do is to wisely deal with it. That's why the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against forces in wicked places. Do you think the enemy wants you to go far in life? No. 
No. So he places a burden in your area of responsibility. And not only that, look at what he does. And he says, and his yoke of your neck. He doesn't only put a burden on your shoulder. He puts a yoke on your neck. He puts a yoke on your neck. What is a yoke? A yoke impedes your speed. A yoke limits you from going far. Now what you have to understand is that every yoke the enemy puts on you or places on you or in your family, there is a limit to that yoke. How many of you have seen a dog on a chain before? On a lead. You notice the lead can go as far as the owner lets it go. So the dog, when it's in the chain, what happens is it can run as far as there, but it can't go any further. Why? Because there is a yoke. And the devil always places the yoke on the neck. The devil places the yoke on the neck. Why? Because the neck is the gap, is the bridge between your head and your body. Your neck is the bridge between your head and your body. Without your neck, your head and your body cannot function effectively. It is your neck that connects all the vessels, the blood flows between your head, your brain, and your heart. So what the devil does is he places a yoke on your neck. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody has been liberated right now. The anointing is so strong. Somebody has been liberated right now on that recurrent yoke, that case of yoke, you are being liberated right now. And let me tell you how the enemy puts a yoke on people. Usually when he's going to put a yoke on your neck, he only can see your present. He can't see your future. So when he makes a yoke, and he's putting the yoke on your neck, the yoke cannot be bigger than your neck. Because when he makes the yoke too big than your neck, you will escape. And he cannot put a yoke that is tighter than your neck. Because remember, the strategy of the enemy is he doesn't want to kill you now. He kills you softly. That's why those of you who sing that song, killing me softly, softly. That's how the devil kills people. <laughs> He's killing you softly by strangulating you. Those of you who are still playing killing me softly in your bedroom, you have to stop in your house. You know yourselves. Those of you playing killing me softly in your cars, you have to stop. Because as you are playing it, you are singing it. You are singing it. I remember life and death is where? It's in the power of the tongue. 
So every time you are playing Killing Me Softly, you are singing, Killing Me Softly, Me Softly, you are dying softly. <laughs> you are dying softly. So the devil puts a yoke on your neck and notice what he does. The size of the yoke is according to the size of your neck. I want you to follow this. This is very important. But what the devil doesn't know is that in the kingdom of God, there is always progressive growth. There is always what? Progressive growth. So say last year, the devil put a yoke on your neck and let's say in the area of your finances. He puts a yoke and say, as for you, this is how far you can go. Have you noticed that in your own personal life, you cannot save past certain figures? Maybe the highest you could save is 13,000 pounds. And every time you save and your money gets to 13,000 pounds, something happens. And before you realize, your finances is depleted. You wonder, how did it happen? And then the following year, you save and save. You reach 13,000 something happens and all the money comes down. That is a yoke. Because the purpose of the yoke is so you don't go past a certain limit. But tonight by the reason of the anointing every yoke is destroyed. Amen. I said every yoke is destroyed Amen. in the name of Jesus. So when he, the enemy puts a yoke on, on people like I said, the yoke is only according to the size of your neck. But I want you to notice what the anointing does. When the anointing comes upon you, the anointing, as a matter of fact, it increases the size of your neck. Because remember, the anointing is progressive. There are four levels in the anointing. I'll take you through that in the subsequent weeks. There are four levels of the anointing. There's a leg level. There's a feet level. There's a knee level. There's an ankle level. There's a waist level. And then there's a swimming level. Four levels of the anointing. Four levels. Those are the same levels Elisha had to pass through before he was able to receive a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Remember, Elisha said, give me a double portion of the anointing. And Elijah had to take Elisha through four stages. Number one, Jericho. Number two, Gilgal. Number three, Bethel. And then number four, Jordan. So there is a four levels of the realms of the anointing that you have to pass through before you can operate on the higher dimension. Jericho is a place of pleasantness, but no fruit. Gilgal is a place of circumcision. It's a place where you will be cut. It's a place of pain. It's a place where the shame is rolled away. It's a place where the past is rolled away. That is Gilgal. Bethel is a place of revelation, a place of bread, a place where the anointing causes you to walk 
in the apocalyptic knowledge of God. The apocalyptic stage where when you take the word, revelation comes alive in your life. And then Jordan is a place of the overflow. Jordan, when you are operating in the area of Jordan, that is a place of the overflow. Remember Jesus, when he came to Jordan and he was baptized, the Bible says that the heavens were open and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Why? Because I am well pleasing him. And we are coming to the season of the overflow. The overflow of the anointing. Where no barrier can stand you. Where no demonic oppression can work in your life. In the name of Jesus. But for that to happen, you need to have discernment. Your sense of discernment needs to be sharp. You cannot operate effectively in the anointing if your sense of discernment is dull. This is very important. I'm saying some very powerful things tonight. Discernment is key. The ability to discern. The ability to smell. To be in an environment and smell water where no one can smell water. The ability to discern. The ability to see opportunities around you where no one can see nothing. Have you been in your house before and maybe something is smelling, you are there, but you can't smell it because you are there. But somebody comes from outside, your husband or your wife or your brother or a friend comes here and say, oh, what's smelling here? And you ask, nothing is smelling. And you say, well, you say nothing is smelling. Why? Because you have become dull to the senses because you are in that environment. But to operate in the higher level of the anointing, your sense of discernment has to be sharp. Has to be sharp. You see things, you pick it up. You see people, you see opportunity. You see their future. You see destiny in them. And they wonder, what have you seen in me? They can't see anything. But because you have a sense of discernment, you can pick up greatness in their destiny. It's very important. So, when the enemy puts a yoke on your neck, the anointing, when the anointing comes, the anointing lubricates your neck. This is powerful. The anointing lubricates your neck. And when the anointing lubricates your neck, guess what? It makes you slippery. And when he makes you slippery, every yoke that the devil puts on you can handle you. Because the yoke is destroyed by the reason of the anointing. Say amen to that. Say a good amen to that. Hallelujah. Are you following me? This is so important. This is so important. This is so crucial. Every burden, every yoke the devil has placed on you 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, I decree them removed now. I decree those burdens removed now. From tonight, from tonight, you will feel a sense of freedom. Every heaviness, any area of your life where there has been heaviness, weight, that weight goes off now. There's someone, the, the heaviness is around your heart. It's a heaviness around your heart. It goes now. And there's someone, it's a heaviness of worry. Heaviness of worry. That spirit of worry, that comes and makes you heavy. It goes now. By the reason of the anointing. And from today, I decree you free. I said, I decree you free. Glory. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ was preaching, the power of God was present to heal. I decree you free now. Amen. You know, one of the most powerful moments that God has done exceptional miracles in our midst is during moments like this. Moments like this. Because when God is working on you sometimes, you have no idea. So the Bible says that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulder and his yoke off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Say a good amen. Amen. So quick question we want to ask is what is the anointing? Write this down. What is the anointing? The anointing is the burden removing yoke-destroying power of God. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So that means when you operate in the anointing, no burden, no yoke, can stand your life. And from today, you will operate in the anointing. Let's quickly go and look at the first mention of the anointing. Because it's so crucial that we understand the purpose of the anointing. And I taught this many years ago that the primary reason for the anointing it's not really for people to be healed. The primary reason for the anointing is to enthrone kings. That's what the anointing was made for. The primary responsibility of the anointing is to enthrone governments, is to make put kings and queens in place. And do you know that even now, do you know that even now, there's one thing that when a queen or a king of England is enthroned or installed, is not shown to the public. 
and that is when they are taken to a room, a secret room, where they are anointed with oil. It happens till date. It's part of the monarchy. That should tell you the place of the anointing. When the anointing was first introduced, it was not for healing. It's not for what we're seeing today. Today, people are selling anointing oils. And I, like I've always said, the anointing is not the oil. Put my volume up a bit, please. The anointing is not what? The oil. Because if the anointing were to be the oil, the most anointed places will be the oil aisles in Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, and so on and so forth. The anointing is not the oil. Now, if you, if you begin to think that the anointing is the oil, then you say the Holy Spirit is the dove. The Holy Spirit is a, is a dove. How many of you saw some doves today? Or, I mean, if you go to Trafalgar Square, there's lots of doves there. So once you see those doves, you say, these are the Holy Spirit. No, it's just a symbol. That's why Christians who say, oh, I don't eat pork because Jesus cast out devils and they went into the pork, so I don't eat pork, they lack understanding of the scriptures. <laughs> the pots that uh, the pigs that the demons went into, they all perished in the sea. And I'm sure, I'm sure the fishes ate them. So if you believe in that, that means you should not eat fish because all the pigs that went into the sea were eaten by the fish. So if you don't eat pork, you shouldn't eat fish. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? And not only that, you should not even go to the beach. You should not allow the sea water to touch you. Because the pork, the pigs went into the sea. So we need to understand the purpose of the anointing. The anointing is not what we see today. What we see today. People selling oil as a business. Blood of Jesus anointing oil. This is anointing oil for prosperity. Anointing oil for healing. Anointing oil if you want to be married. Anointing oil if you are tired of marriage and you want to be single. <laughs> There's anointing oil for everything. There's anointing oil for everything. So if the anointing is the oil, then that means we should not use oil to eat or cook at all. So please get this. This is very important. So let's go and look at the first mention of the anointing. Exodus chapter 25 from verse 1 to 6. I read this scripture on Sunday, verse 1 to 5, but for sake of emphasis, let me read from verse 1. This was when the tabernacle, God instructed Moses for the tabernacle to be built. Exodus chapter 25 
from verse 1 to 6. I read, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly, with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple, scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skin, dyed's red and badger skins, and shitting wood. Oil for light, notice that, oil for light, spices for anointing oil, and sweet incense. So that's the first mention of the anointing. God says, bring spices for anointing. And there were different spices that were requested. And so the first anointing oil that was produced, it had specific requirements of spices. Very specific. Very specific. Why? Because the house of God, the tabernacle that was being built, must have the anointing present. Why? Because the anointing is the bedding removing you're destroying power of God so that when God's people come into that house, there'll be no lack of an anointing in the house. Are you following what I'm saying? So the anointing was first mentioned there for a specific emphasis. And we don't have time to go and look at all the various spices that were requested and how they should be produced. Now, most of the anointing oils we use today, most of them are, as a matter of fact, disqualified from the specific spices that were used then. So if you're going to go strictly by what spices that were requested then, then what we use, the olive oils and so on and so forth, are not really the anointing oil. That's why my emphasis is that it's not the oil. It's not the oil. <laughs> now, look at something very interesting. I want to show you how God uses the anointing in different instances to bring about results. How many of you want to see results in your life this year? You know, we haven't got a lot of months to end the year. But within one month, you can achieve what you have not achieved in 10 years. Say amen to that. And when the anointing begins to operate in your life, there are things you'll achieve this month that for 20 years you did not achieve Amen. because of the reason of the anointing. Amen. Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 1 to 5. Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 1 to 5. Now, the background of this scripture has to do with an unsaved king. 
this king was not an Israelite. He was not a Jew. He was not saved as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, he did not know God. He was an unbeliever. But God sometimes can use unbelievers in fulfillment of his purposes in his kingdom. Say amen. amen. And in this season, God will use people who are against you to open doors for you. Amen. I said God will use people who have fought against you. Amen. People who are working against you amen. to open doors for you. Amen. In the next seven days, amen. in the next seven days, amen. I prophesy over you that God will use Systems, God will use men, God will use companies, God will use nations to open doors for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So God can call an unbeliever to work for your favor, Amen. to go to work on your behalf. Amen. And it's working mightily in this Amen. church. So Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 1 to 5. We'll look at this and then we'll close. Amen. I read. It says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed. Underline that word anointed. His anointed. To Cyrus. Cyrus was an unbeliever. To Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding. You see, when God's anointing comes upon you, he holds your right hand. That talks about direction, divine guidance, divine direction. He holds your hand, your right hand. The right hand also represents authority and power. When the anointing of God comes upon you, you operate in authority and power. And I see that happening to you from today. You see, many Christians don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. Many battles we fight we are already declared winners, victorious, before the battles begin. But in most cases, we don't know. We don't know. Because you can only operate according to what you know. Right now, if assuming I transfer 1.8 million pounds into a bank account. Which I do right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive it. Amen. Are you receiving it? Amen. Somebody say, how is that possible? What are possible? I have the power to transfer resources. Amen. I am anointed to transfer resources. And I decree and prophesy over your life Amen. that that transfer is now. Amen. I said it's now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody will testify this Sunday of wealth transfer into your bank account in the name of Jesus. I transfer it right now into this environment. Amen. Receive it. Amen. Shout, I receive it. I receive it. 
done. The moment I say it is done, it is done. I said, the moment I say it is done, it is done. Now you have to walk in faith and in expectation. Knowing that it is done. Tomorrow you open your bank account and you begin to scream. A letter is coming to the post for you this week. They said, we have approved this loan that you didn't even request for. And when it, it is approved, after 90 days, they'll forget that they even gave you that loan. I said, receive it. I believe in the supernatural. Believe it. Receive it. And it will be yours. Your days of toiling is over. We are operating in the anointing. God will anoint you to overtake. Amen. I said, God, my God will anoint you to overtake. Amen. You might have thought that you are behind, but God will anoint you to overtake. Amen. This church, God is anointing us to overtake. Yeah. <laughs> Before you realize we are buying all properties in the world, Amen. all the major properties, you say, how did it happen? Because of the anointing. He said, that says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, Whose right hand I have holding to subdue nations before him. Say amen. amen. And I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two livid gates. And the gates shall not be shut. Amen. I prophesy this into your life before I read it to you. That God will cause people to open doors for you. Amen. I prophesy it. So yes. receive it. Receive. The prophecy you believe is a prophecy that works for you. Amen. I said receive it. Receive. I said receive it. Receive it. This Sunday, somebody is coming to testify Amen. of these prophecies. In 24 hours, it will happen. Some of you need to wake up today at 12 minutes past 12. And check your bank accounts. There are transfers happening now. As I'm speaking now, people are transferring funds from other nations into your account. I'm not preaching or teaching irresponsibility. I'm teaching you the mind of God. It's something that has happened many times in this church. One lady, money was being transferred into her account here from Belgium. She opened a new account. She opened a new account here in the UK. And they were transferring money from Belgium into her account. 500 pounds every week. (laughs) <laughs> that is somebody's wages 500 pounds every week that is 2,500 pounds every month is that not a good money all because of prophecy she came to church she sowed a little seed and God did it 
You see, the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that works for you. The reason why many Christians don't believe the prophecies of their pastors is because they have become familiar. Never be familiar with this anointing. Did you hear what I've just said? Never be familiar. The, The day you become familiar with the anointing, the anointing will not work for you. What will it cost you for believing the word? Nothing. Believing is easy. Just believe it. The pastor said, wake up. My prophet said, my man of God said, my prophet said. Because why do God send us prophets? He sends us prophets to profit us. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13, he said, buy a prophet. By a prophet, God delivered Jacob or Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet. By a prophet, God brought deliverance. And also by a prophet, he preserved them. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. So it takes a prophet to bring you out and it takes a prophet to preserve you. It takes a prophet to bring you out and it takes a prophet to preserve you. It says, upon Mount Zion, upon the church, there shall be deliverance. There shall be what? Deliverance. And not only shall there be deliverance, it says, and you will possess your possessions. Amen. Tonight is your night of possessions. Amen. I said tonight is your night of possessions. Amen. Isaiah 45 verse 2. It says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron. Say Amen. Amen. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect, I have even called thee by by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I gather thee, though thou hast not known me. Say amen. Amen. So when the anointing comes upon you, the anointing opens to you treasures in hidden places. You see, you cannot walk in the anointing and, and, and walk in lack. It's, it's, it's a contradiction. It's like light and darkness dwelling at the same place. It's not possible. The introduction of light, darkness have to give way. When the anointing genuinely is operating in your life, there cannot be no traces of poverty. So if you are experiencing difficulty and poverty in your area, in some areas of your life, then that means the anointing is not operating there. So that means you now need to go and activate this anointing. Look at what Paul told Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, 
The anointing is already in you. All you have to do is stir it up. Some of you, the anointing is there, but you have not stirred it up. And so the enemy is having a field day. The enemy is rejoicing. I decree over you. I, you see, God has not called me to pastor poor members. I decree over you right now the supernatural happenings of God in your life. I prophesy it over your life that from today you experience nothing than the blessing. Listen, you don't need one year to become a millionaire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need one year to become him. Cyrus was an unbeliever. He did not know God. Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with God? Is God your father? So if he's done it to an unbeliever, why will he not do it to you? Cyrus was an unbeliever. Who is more qualified? You are more qualified than Cyrus. If God is giving Cyrus riches in hidden places, hidden treasures, why will he not give it to you? Why are you suffering when you can experience the God of the land? God said, I have opened before you the two living gates and the gates shall not be shut. Do you know what that means? That means you will not be going from down up. Your life is yo-yo. Today is down. Tomorrow is up. Today is down. Tomorrow is up. No, no, no. No more. I said no more. No more. By the reason of the anointing. I prophesy over you that from today, you experience nothing but the blessing. Amen. Finally, as we close, three environments that the anointing does not function in. Three environments that the anointing does not function in. Number one, the anointing does not operate in an environment of sin. The anointing does not operate in an environment of sin. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. The anointing does not operate in an environment of sin. It says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Did you see that? A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Verse 9. It says, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Very important. This scripture is the secret behind the awesome breakthroughs and the miracles God is doing in the life of uh, Daddy Jill, Pastor Yeadeboy, this is his scripture. This is the scripture he lives his life by. 
He said, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And listen to me, the anointing does not function in an environment of uh, depression. The anointing flows in an, an environment of gladness. You can't be operating in the anointing and be sad. Any church that is sad, the anointing is not there. That's why every message I have preached, any day I preach, there is an element of gladness. Most of the time, you don't remember any of my messages when you're home. All you remember is, pastor made me laugh. And then you started laughing. And somebody asked you, why are you laughing? So he said something about this and this. That, that's the anointing. That's how the anointing will pray. When the anointing is somewhere, there is gladness. Gladness. Irrespective of your prevailing circumstances, there is what? Gladness. Number two, the anointing does not work in an environment of contention. The anointing does not work in an environment of contention. Psalm 133 from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 133 from verse 1 to 3. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. No contention. Why? It is like the precious ointment, the anointing, upon the head. Remember how the anointing flows? From the head. That ran upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirt of his garments. Verse 3 As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Do you see how the anointing operates? It operates in an environment of unity. Number one, an environment of gladness. Number two, an environment of unity, no contention. And then number three, the anointing does not work in an environment of unforgiveness. The anointing does not work in an environment of unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11, from verse 22 to 25. The anointing does not work in an environment of unforgiveness. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, answering and said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Verse 25, key verse. And when you stand praying, what do you do? Forgive. What do you do? Forgive. What do you do? Forgive. You forgive. 
Jesus said, when you stand praying, it says, forgive if you have ought against any that your father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So number three, the anointing does not work in an environment of unforgiveness. You want to operate in the anointing, these three things are key. They are non-negotiable. Number one, very important, number one, the anointing does not operate in an environment of sin. Number two, the, the anointing does not operate in an environment of contention. Number three, the, the anointing does not operate in an environment of unforgiveness. This year, God will anoint you to overtake. People who have gone ahead of you, you are going to overtake them Amen. by the reason of the anointing. Yes. You'll go so far, they'll wonder, when did you, how did you, how did you overtake us? There are people who are saying right now that you'll never catch up. You what? Before the end of this week. Yeah. If I be a man of God, before the end of this week, God will change your story. Amen. I said God will change your story. Amen. And I vow to give God all the glory. Yes, this is your season. This is your season. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it? Yes. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.